0: this is social disgusting welcome to social disgusting a podcast where my guests and i discuss our lives amidst the wanton hellscape in which we find ourselves i am brandon aka brandon hope you're well my guest is a writer and editor whose work has appeared in adweek esquire observer self vice and numerous other outlets along with creating the popular and really cool hashtag talking about it please welcome sammy nichols welcome
1: Thank you so much for that incredibly kind intro.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Just reading reading off the totality of, <laughs> of what you've done to you. That's fun, I guess. Thank you for being on. I really appreciate it.
1: My absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. The deeply unfair question. How are you?
1: Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, I feel like I'm trying to answer that question to myself, like constantly. Yeah. I think I'm doing okay today. How about you? <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, no, I'm, I'm the same. I feel like, yeah, I just want to be okay. That's it. I'm not asking for a lot, I don't think. Well, let me rephrase that. I'm asking for a, what feels like a lot more than ever with what it is to be quote unquote okay, but I don't want to be in either polarity of awful or great. Just be okay, and I can work with that.
1: Yep, yep. I used to be always striving to be happy. And yeah. now I realize that that's just a a roller coaster ride. Because when you're really, like, at least these days, when you're doing really well, you're bound to kind of come crashing at some point. And I just kind of want to be, yeah, I guess, okay, like, content. Yeah. Like, just just kind of be on a boat floating rather than on a crazy roller coaster ride that is 2020.
0: Fair. I guess Fair. now
1: 2021.
0: And yeah, and it's now... Bleeding into 2021. But yeah, no, I I know what you mean. Like Just the idea of kind of going with the current instead of fighting it. I feel like in life, kind of not succumbing to it, but maybe resisting kind of the reality of it all sometimes can go a long way. And honestly, it's just a more natural, easy thing to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I also think that it's easy to kind of get addicted to that push and pull feeling of trying to be happy because that is like a state that you have to i I don't it's a lot of energy to kind of get there and i think that there's something to be said for instead putting your focus on trying to be as calm as possible like let it letting things wash over you like you can still feel your emotions but i i feel like my focus has shifted a little bit now to just trying to not be as affected by things to let them sit before i to not be as
0: reactive i guess that makes sense yeah yeah i think sometimes like to your point about trying to be good or great sometimes you kind of like a square peg round hole it Mm -hmm. and it just doesn't work that way and one thing i've i I don't know that i've learned but came to appreciate more is that it's like it's okay to not be okay Mm -hmm. like that's okay it's only going to make things worse to beat yourself up for that possibility because that's just the reality of how this stuff goes sometimes. my like, Life is hard and exactly. some days are bad.
1: Yeah. And I think that that's a sentence that like it's been thrown around, especially, especially since like self-care, you know, and has become like almost a buzzword. Mm-hmm in like starting in like, I would say like 2015, 2016, I feel like the phrase it's okay to not be okay has been thrown around a lot and it kind of almost loses meaning because it's become like a tagline. But when you really let it sink in, it, it's like revolutionary. Like when, when you're feeling really down and you really let yourself accept your emotions it makes it so much easier to let them wash through you to you get to that point of contentment. And and it's a lot healthier to be able to process those emotions instead of trying to block them in an in, in effort to be happy when in reality the only way to be quote-unquote happy is to process your emotions and experience them and give them that dignity.
0: Absolutely. I think that's very well said. And to it's almost, you know, I, I don't know, like you said, that those words become buzzwords and it was become like weirdly like, co-opted and almost like ironically used in some ways you know as that kind of just how the culture goes sometimes but i feel like that once that really took on meaning to me and like made sense in a very aha moment type of way it felt like a great relief it was really nice Mm -hmm. it's easy to say that and it's another thing for it to kind of sometimes click in your brain what that constitutes and kind of living that way i don't know it takes a certain amount maybe a relative amount of like comfort with yourself or understanding yourself to get there because that can be really difficult sometimes.
1: Yeah, it really is. Um, I think that a lot of times we're taught whether directly or indirectly that it's not okay to have certain emotions or that certain emotions are wrong or that certain emotions define who you are when it's really a fact of life that you're gonna have emotions that are gonna be hard and it doesn't mean like that that's who you are. It doesn't just because you're feeling angry with somebody, for example, doesn't mean that you hate them. Doesn't mean that you you aren't allowed to feel those things and doesn't mean that you did something bad. It's not like there's a difference between feeling angry and going up to that person and screaming in their face. But I think sometimes when people feel things like negative emotions, like anger or sadness, it means that it speaks to who they are. When all they're doing is feeling it, they're not acting on it it's there's nothing wrong with having feel or with having hard feelings and i think that that's something that's really really hard to accept uh in a world that prioritizes happiness over everything else and makes it seem as though you're a failure if you're not happy
0: absolutely and i think that yeah give those feelings credence and validity too because they're those are valid even if they're not (laughs) the ideal emotions you know but it's all part of i think processing it and again like being fair to yourself I think to your point about self-care, it's interesting because in this last year, as much as that was, did become, you know, maybe started in earnest, but became a buzzword type thing of self-care, that it is something that I think in the last year, a lot of people have had to reckon with and define for themselves. And, you know, if they weren't already practicing it or, or beginning to really define, what, what does that mean for me? And I know that's the case for me too, like really reckoning with that and grappling with that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, same here. I think, I mean, when we have all this time to ourselves, for one, and time alone by ourselves, when we really have to get to know ourselves, um, I think that before there there were all these distractions. I mean, at least for me, I always put other people first and sometimes almost in a selfish way uh, where I would put other people's needs before my own so that I wouldn't have to confront my own needs and wouldn't have to confront my own faults, frankly. And this pandemic has made it so that I can't ignore the things that I've been trying to push down. I can't ignore the things that I've been trying to cover up with uh service for others and people pleasing. I've had to confront my own emotions and learn how to experience them and that's a really hard thing to do and i've I've noticed that it seems like a lot of people have been going through that same thing too and it's beautiful in some ways, but it's also harrowing to be confronting you know your demons when it feels like everything is on fire
0: yeah 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 it's, it's difficult to do in general to reckon with that let alone obviously to your point like that backdrop of a f- phantom virus that's <laughs> hanging over us at all times to do that amidst facing what our quote-unquote mortality is more than ever you know you can't ignore that for better or worse but i mean i don't know it's a possibility for like personal betterment amidst unfathomably awful circumstances it sucks a lot it's my very impressive summation hot take of this situation (laughs) i hope i didn't get canceled for that extremely scorching take that this sucks but yeah how is um i know you're in rural pennsylvania how's that
1: it's interesting uh it's beautiful i mean it, it is always beautiful here i can just walk outside and like take a deep breath and um my the section of because i currently live with my parents and i'm living in this like little fixed up section of the house that used to be kind of decrepit so it's kind of like an apartment that's attached to our uh my parents house um but it's kind of also separate from the house it's, it's weird yeah. i'm very very fortunate but this apartment that i'm in kind of overlooks this big giant cornfield and it really gives you perspective like every time i look outside it, like when i'm really stressed out i feel so small in a good way mm-hmm. uh, and in a way that I couldn't really get when I was living in New York. Although I, there are a lot of things that I love about New York and miss about New York. But at the same time, it's been hard because uh, when I just drive down the street, I see a bajillion Trump signs. I see like uh, signs, homemade signs that say masks down and oh. blue lives matter and all this bullshit that I just I I I, I have I have not handled it very well, in that uh, every time I see one, I flip it off. Uh,
0: that's reasonable. I think that's fair.
1: Well, it's probably not the safest thing to do while I'm driving, because like one hand's yeah. in the steering wheel and the other one's flipping off a sign, and then someone's <laughs> uh, caught more than once somebody has been driving past me thinking that I'm flipping them off. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, a, I need to figure out a better way to channel my anger that way.
0: But. I'll tell you, this was, I uh, went to trivia one time with friends. It was like a town away or something. And we did it. We won, which was cool. Then we were driving separate cars. I was driving. I came up next to him. And just as I'm wont to do, it's friends. You love them. You jokingly flip them off. Only same car, family inside, different people. And I have never driven off faster and been more mortified ever that I flipped off a family of four. (laughs) So what I'm saying is could be worse. But now if I do flip off, I... Make sure I know who it is. And even then, it's a pensive middle finger, just in case. (laughs) A meek middle finger. So I get that. Yeah.
1: Oh, I respect that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, at the time, it was just like, oh, no. But now it's very funny.
1: That's great. Very good teaching (laughs) moment.
0: (laughs) Worst case scenario, you you have it happen again. Remember that story? And then you're like, oh, okay, Yeah. (laughs) It's it's just one person, not a nuclear family of mom, dad, and then two little children.
1: Yeah, at least I didn't flip off two <laughs> small children in front of their
0: parents. Ah, oh, probably send me the psychiatry bill. <laughs> yeah, I have a very um basic response to those types of signs. I'm just like, this isn't right. I, I just can't handle it. I just can't process that. So I get it.
1: Yeah, I, I want to rise above that kind of anger, but it also feels like who am I to rise above that kind of anger when I'm not even the one being affected as much by this kind of like awful racist yeah. sort of ideologies? Like, it feels it feels weird to try to temper my own anger about what essentially boils down to like racism and prejudice. Uh, it's it's complicated.
0: Well, and then also I think too, like, it's like no, I think that's that's justified anger. That's not okay. Yeah, what that is singularly as a sign, but also. Obviously, what that constitutes, so yeah, that it's a very loaded sign, though a uh, sign though it is it's a lot,
1: yeah, it really is, and it's like one of those things where I hear so much about how like anger can quickly turn to hate and it's not useful, blah, blah blah, but what are we supposed to do with all this anger at how much just cruelty is in this world, and how and I think that what gets me the most is people proudly displaying their cruelty in their yards with these signs like that they believe these hateful things it's it's just being s- surrounded by it here where there's so many people who blatantly put these big like there's one family who put like a freaking billboard in their yard with the Trump sign on it and I want to be like number one you lost so you're just just embarrassing yourself yeah
0: enjoy your giant L
1: why is it this big why do you need?
0: why? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, nice bit of overcompensation. <laughs> exactly. That's fun. Might as well be giant tires on a truck, <laughs> and all that that implies, uh, or that I'm inferring. But yeah, just to be that awful, but also simultaneously that emboldened. Yep. Good lord! I uh, mean, what a potent combination of awful.
1: Ain't that the truth? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I know in this last well year, you've taken up a few things, such as embroidery. Maybe we're doing that before, but embroidery and procuring prisms. (laughs) What else have you had? uh, Have you done, if anything? I know journaling as well. Is that right?
1: Yeah, I. um, So I guess I should preface this by saying I started a twelve-step program to kind of like address some of my trauma as a kid, and also just like some of my patterns. uh, Mm. And it's kind of had me re read, um, I don't kind of want to say redo my life. That sounds dumb. Kind of reconstruct the way I think about my life. So I've been kind of overhauling. Okay. I keep saying this stupidly. <laughs> um, I, I've i been um, trying to focus on what makes me feel good in order to reestablish the mind-body connection that I realized this year was severed. Uh, mm-hmm. I realized that I have always been like pretty much since i was a kid i've been in my head so much that i can literally feel pain sometimes and not actually feel it like i'll be experiencing pain and not realize that i'm in pain because i'm so focused on my like anxiety and my thoughts that i don't even realize it and i have developed these chronic illnesses in the last couple of years because of it because i've been pushing myself and pushing myself and working so hard and my, i'm such a workaholic in that i really have put my My whole life, I've put my entire self-value into my work. I mean, if something goes wrong with work, then I think that there's something wrong with me. Mm -hmm. And it was after starting this 12-step program and realizing that that was a symptom of a bigger problem of my self-esteem, of my lack of sense of self, and of the fact that I've been living as essentially an adult child because I'm imprisoned by these reactions. Uh, So it's kind of... My point being that it's kind of made me um, focus, change my focus in a lot of ways. So... I've started kind of like a um, like a checklist in a journal that I do every morning um, where I do my tarot and I do uh, stretching and I do meditation and I do my 12 step reading. And like I try to do all these things every day um, and try not to beat myself up if I miss any of them. But it's led to me focusing a lot more on things that I genuinely enjoy. Like you mentioned, embroidery, I used to do embroidery a little bit, but I didn't really find the time because I was so focused on work all the time. And because I was so focused on my, uh, these worst case scenarios that I was concocting in my head, that I was always feeling like I was doing a uh, disaster management mm-hmm. all the time. And I felt, I didn't realize that. I had such high adrenaline all the time my heart was beating so fast I was in pain all the time so now I find that I it's it's not only possible but uh, in a way easy to find time to do these hobbies like yeah I've been doing embroidering and I've been doing more video games honestly I've been reading more when I listen to what I actually need it's actually quite simple for me to find the time to do it and so yeah anyway point being that I've been Getting a, into a lot of different hobbies like that, um, and it's been really fun and really exciting, and kind of, kind of exciting to feel like there are so many things that I'm interested in that I don't have the time to do all of them. That's an exciting thought.
0: Well, that's well. First of all, it's awesome that that you've made that progress, and what you know, what it is to kind of, for lack of a better word, like rewire your brain to think differently. You know, and it's kind of like I think what we talked about maybe before this was how all these you know, anger can be addictive these feelings can be addictive in this form of like mental stockholm syndrome you just become adjusted to that and if you're always that way you don't have the context to know what it is to be without it as i see it in my head of like when you're in it quote unquote and i say this to somebody with depression and anxiety and it can be all consuming sometimes awful don't wish on anybody panic attacks to dissociate which has i've done Yeah. Sucks. It's the
1: worst feeling in the world. I I never knew what it was when I was a kid, and I always thought of it as the bad feeling, and I dreaded it. It's
0: awful. And, you know, I've only, not recently, but kind of just realized the degree by which I've had anxiety forever, as long as I can remember. But it's that thing where you just kind of realize, oh, that. Like, if that's all you've known, it's normal to you, but then you realize, oh, that's not normal. I mean, whatever that means, but... It's not, in theory, the way a child should be tense and uptight and worried about everything. It's not ideal. I mean, it is what it is. It's like I'm just talking in circles now. Who gives a shit? No, I am, I'm following you. It's tough, but that's really exciting, though, to kind of make that time and realize, oh, I like this thing. Let's do that thing. That's nice. That's a win.
1: It's there. It, I heard this this phrase in a meditation, not to sound too woo woo, but. Um, <laughs> that there's a quiet ecstasy was the phrase in being in the present moment. And when I first heard that I was like, "Oh, fuck off." Like, yeah, I was kind of like, if you were in this present moment, you truly in this present moment, you would realize how horrifying it is. But in real that's not really true. Um, and I've realized that with A very simple ritual I have of keeping either LaCroix or Diet Coke in my small fridge that's in my apartment. I don't have like a big fridge because I don't have a kitchen in here, but Mm. I have this little fridge that I keep these drinks in and that I really, really enjoy. I make sure that it's always like a flavor I really enjoy. And I try to like crack it open and take a sip and really pay attention to like the bubbles and pay attention to how it feels like in my hands and that it's cold compared to the rest of my body, which is warm. And then I like end up like realizing that i'm sitting here on this couch and this is what it feels like to be sitting here on this couch and it does feel like a quiet ecstasy of like you know what right now i could go downstairs and make myself some toast because i'm an adult i can do anything i want and <laughs> it, there is every day something very exciting about yeah. that and being able to remind yourself of that it is kind of a privilege in some ways of like you know if you have if you are comfortable enough in your home and you know like you aren't worrying about some major, major things. Of course, it's very difficult to do that. But if you're able to do that, there is something so wonderful about that, that kind of makes everything else kind of recede in the background where it's like, Oh, yeah, I'm here. I'm alive.
0: Yeah, I like that a lot. The both the phraseology, but also just the, you know, even if it's a matter of like seconds, that conscious contentment, that conscious presence. Yeah, I like that. That That's a very important thing, you know, in general, certainly, but like, especially when it's easy to get caught up in things. And it's certainly easy, seemingly now more than ever right now to like, find a distraction, whether it's healthy or not, because it's all so much, it's all so much to process that sometimes you just don't want to think about it. Yeah. And that can, that can constitute bad ways too. So I know for me, trying to find whatever, however it's defined, and I guess it's like a depends on the person but healthy distractions. That is what I've been seeking the entire time. And it seems to fluctuate sometimes within the day, but it's the right move, at least for me to do that.
1: Yeah. I think that it's one of those things where there are a lot of people talking about self care right now. And there are a lot of people talking about what you should be doing and what you shouldn't be doing. And, what's good for you and what's bad for you. And you shouldn't be on your screen for this long and you shouldn't be watching Netflix at this time because it's going to mess up your sleeping schedule, blah, blah, blah. And I think that all these things are very, very important, obviously. But I also think that it's easy, especially if you're somebody who thinks in black and white terms to a fault like I do, um, where things are good and things are bad um, and that I'm good and I'm bad, that it's important to realize that there's some nuance here where it's okay if, you want to play some video games for a while even if it's not considered quote unquote a healthy distraction just because there are some people who are addicted to video games if it's comfortable for you and it's what you want and it's would make you happy for now like do it as long as you check in with yourself every hour or two and see how you're feeling about it like i think that i think that there are a lot of different things that that are easily put into boxes, especially on the internet of, you should be doing this or that. And I think that we're all having, or I think that a big part of the pandemic that has been revolutionary for me has been because I'm spending so much time with myself, I have started to actually notice and respect what I want to do. And being able to trust myself in what I want to do and what gives me comfort makes it so that I don't end up getting addicted to things like video games, for example, because I have that respect to say, huh, my neck hurts a little bit and I'm tired. I'm going to go to bed, you know?
0: Yeah. I think that is important. I think that's a great call about checking in with yourself. You know, I guess <laughs> everything in relative moderation. But, but then again, it's like there's no playbook for this, for certainly life in general, but certainly not these extraordinary circumstances in which we find ourselves. So – in that regard, it's like, it's okay to have an off day. It's okay to have maybe even off days. It's just all so difficult that, I, you know, I always like it in my head to like, both analogous, I guess, to like, we're in the movie Jaws, but we never see the shark. You know? And it's <laughs> just like, good. I want to see the shark. That'd be nice, but we can't see the shark. And that Show me sucks. the
1: damn shark.
0: There's no tension relief. At least I can be scared of that thing if I saw it. But no, it's just always under the surface. But then I also see it as like that I'm running, you know, with the bulls in Pamplona and I'm doing everything I can to keep the bull from just gouging me in the ass, basically. (laughs) Just getting me and then I'm in pain and, you know, that, and in this very evocative example is that the bulls in this case are just the stress and what I feel like is some form of like an inevitable breakdown because it's an earned breakdown with all this. It's all so much.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's uh, it's so hard to not judge your own emotions. It's so hard to not judge your own breakdowns like because a breakdown feels bad, obviously yes. a breakdown like when we're discussing breakdowns, it sounds like a bad thing. It's understandable to categorize it as bad, but it's understandable and it's and it's not really bad it's it's means that you I've been trying my hardest to think of hitting bottoms or um, breakdowns as an opportunity to recognize that something isn't working. Yeah. And whether that's, uh, whether that's something like practical, like, I don't like my job, or whether it's something like, I need therapy, I need help. Um, And being able to, I think that Being able to view it that way instead of shaming yourself for having had that breakdown or having had that bottom uh, is critical because it is what prevents you from from getting there again, getting to that point again, being able to get to that point where you learn from it and then you climb back out by taking positive steps. To ensure that you never get back down there again is crucial and it's really really difficult to get there when there's so much stigma even now even when everyone's not doing well there's still stigma about the concept of like for example if we're talking about a literal breakdown like deciding to check yourself into a hospital uh, yep. for mental health treatment i mean there's nothing that should be nobody should feel ashamed about that nobody should feel like they need to keep that a secret it's understandable if they want to for their own privacy but it's still something that's so heavily stigmatized even now
0: absolutely and i think
1: that there can be so many beautiful things to be extracted from your own breakdown
0: no i i agree and i think that um just the idea of like the breakdown too it feels like it lives in that that binary of good or bad Mm -hmm. which i mean doesn't account for any semblance of nuance which is such a part of like everything you know the idea that it's just not one or the other, it could be a bit of both, where it could, you know, be one at one time and one at another, but, um, I think to your point, though, I see things, and this, again, took time to learn, because I always thought about, like, what a failure, failure, that word, both what that constitutes, but also just the, the unfairness of that thought process, too. If, the, if an outcome isn't what I expected it, but I learned from what that is, to not even necessarily, like, not make that mistake again, or whatever, but to have better results and maybe get there in the long term then it's more of a a marathon not a sprint then that's a win to me yeah that's a win and i think that's again probably being kind to yourself and being fair to yourself and all this
1: yeah absolutely and i i would say and like okay i'm not an expert this is just purely based on my own experiences that i tended to repeat negative, uh, patterns and tended to get myself into the same problems over and over and over again. Like I was living in New York and I was ignoring my emotions and ignoring my, uh, what my emotions were trying to tell me, uh, because I was, I was traumatized and I ended up acting out. I ended up, uh, losing a lot of friends and I kept on thinking of myself almost as a martyr because all these bad things were happening to me over and over again. And why are all these bad things happening? Why is the world so awful? And once I started my 12 step group, started therapy and learned how to accept my emotions for what they were, the bad things stopped happening because I stopped making them happen. I was always denying my own emotions and running from them and not learning anything from them. So then I just kept repeating them. And It's so important to experience them in order to learn from them, but it's so understandable. Like, I, I, I say this not trying to make excuses for myself, but rather seeing it from the perspective of before I got help. I understand why people do the same things over and over again because it's all they know. And of course they're trying to avoid the bad feelings because it's human nature to, if you've experienced something terrifying during formative years of your youth, your tr- your brain learns from that. Your brain learns survival tactics, whether that's denial and people pleasing or whatever, uh, and is telling you, begging you not to experience that harm again. So of course you're trying to avoid it. Of course you're trying to not pay attention to your own thoughts. Of course you're trying to not relive those experiences in your head over and over again. But in trying to avoid that and not having that perspective, you end up making it happen over and over again. Not that it's not that it's the fault of anybody who goes through trauma of course yeah but it's such a horrific catch-22 and it's something that i've had to learn for myself the last year
0: no i i completely understand that and uh it's that yeah it's that self-fulfilling prophecy of you fear a thing and then it ends up happening so it's almost validating in its own weird way but then it's also your it's a problem created out of thin air but obviously you don't know that in the time because it's like when you're so in something or you're like in this kind of weird like feedback loop of a situation. It it can be very self-perpetuating in a in a very easy way. I know for me too that like yeah to I, it's I feel like a lot of my life has been has been just getting out of my own way, uh, especially like ego, just getting out of the way of my own ego and realizing yeah you know it's okay. It's not weakness to ask for help. And that took a long time for me to get there. Long time.
1: Yeah, because it requires enough self-respect to think that you deserve redemption. Yeah. That you deserve help. that You deserve to be out of this dark place. And it's really hard to get that self-respect when you're in the dark place. Again, it's all such a mean, mean catch 22.
0: Yeah, there's like a, a nefariousness to it. To I mean, and, and just mental health and what that can constitute, but like to have mental health issues there's something almost like insidious about it sometimes. It's just terrible. It's, it's like, it's, you know, that, that feeling of helplessness and what it is to like have a panic attack and it feels like, you know, I'm trapped in this mental maze and all. Then I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll get out of this. But like, but what if I don't? Yep. It's terrible. Yeah. I can't, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Same here. I, yeah.
0: <laughs> Fair. I think that all this time, this last year, plus th- uh, it's done a lot toward, in theory, anyway, like destigmatizing mental health and self care.
1: Yeah, the, the, I think I think the pandemic has kind of made me start to change some of my priorities. And I think for a while, I was worried about: um, are people going to remember me like in my work? And should I write? Like, I need to write this best-selling book. Blah blah blah. And none of that seems to matter at all anymore. Like it's weird how all of this kind of throws what matters into sharp focus. Now it feels like like what matters more is if I feel like what I'm doing is helping other people and also enriching my own life.
0: yeah, I that's, that's really nice, you know, to, to get to get there I suppose, regardless of the circumstances in which it's, it comes about. I, th- I think I heard somebody phrase it one time. they describe something as like an awful relief, yes, and I'm like, yeah, that's yeah, that really resonates with me very much,
1: yeah, something about that slowdown too, where it's suddenly like I-, I don't know, I there's there's something about I remember that month when everything came to a screeching halt, and it was terrifying. I don't I'd never want to relive it, but at the same time, it was like, okay, finally people are realizing that. The breakneck speed we were at before
0: doesn't make sense yeah and it's unsustainable
1: yeah absolutely It was breaking people down i mean it's it's i think that a lot there, okay there was recently um i'm gonna get in hot water probably for even touching on this but there was recently a twitter topic that got a lot of uh hate uh because somebody tweeted about how adhd wouldn't exist if capitalism was a thing and or wasn't a thing and i um understandably people got really upset about that who have adhd because they felt like it was kind of trivializing their diagnosis and while i agree that that's not a take for twitter uh there is something to be said for the fact that a lot of mental health problems do happen because of the pressure associated with capitalism and the pressure to just constantly be creating 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 and doing doing and you have to be producing this much for a company and you can't tell the company that you're not doing well mentally because they'll think that you're not fit to work there and they'll what if they fire you? What if they give you less work? What if they don't give you a raise? Like it's all like it is true that a lot of mental health issues are wrapped up in capitalism and wrapped up in the breakneck speeds that we were at and watching some things kind of decompose because of the pandemic, like watching all of these companies go uh, start working remotely and start some companies not all companies but some companies start to have to recognize that their employees aren't doing well because you know they're dealing with grief they're dealing yeah. with fear there is something to be said for that i think and it was really thrown into sharp relief for me
0: i agree it's yeah yes <laughs> yeah i'm <just laughs> sorry I was a lot <laughs> every- no i'm processing everything well thank you for being on this has been great is there anything you want to point people toward before we wrap it up
1: um, I would just say, my, I, I've said this before, but I, oh, I really want to especially highlight this, that I think the biggest thing that fuels mental health problems, or rather uh, exacerbates them, is being in isolation. And we're in social is- isolation right now, but you don't have to be in actual isolation. And I don't just mean like reaching out to friends and family, because sometimes that's really hard when you're not doing well. Um, and I don't just mean therapy because even though I do highly encourage people, everyone to get therapy, it's not always possible for people uh, with insurance and uh, money and all that good stuff. There are free resources. Uh, There are 12-step groups. There are support groups. Uh, If you just Google the thing that is uh hurting you harming you the most whether that is something um like an addiction or eating disorder or if it's something more general like depression there are support groups for everything and they're free and these support groups have moved on to zoom onto discord they found all these ways to meet uh digitally i highly recommend trying one of those out because you never know who you will meet that will touch your life and also make you feel like you're not alone in this uh and it's, it's worth doing for yourself because you don't have to be alone in it. Um, And that's
0: all. (laughs) No, that's great. Uh, And I think it's important. So thank you again for this. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate the conversation.
1: My absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on.
0: Absolutely. Thank you all for listening. Please take care. Please wear a mask. Please be kind to yourself. It's okay to not be okay. And uh, yeah, lead with empathy. Thank you. Bye.